What is good, people? You have the SI Gambling Podcast, Benny Heist, the fantasy exec, and Frankie Tadeo. What's good, gents? Corey, how you doing, man? Ain't nothing much. Listen, I'm feeling pretty good. Listen, once again, we did not hit the head last night. We were Mr. 110, but I was thankful to grab to come away at Mr. 110, and that was because I hopped on that Clippers and Denver Nuggets uh, uh, Nuggets under using that DraftKings um using that DraftKings uh, boost. And I, I actually allowed me to come in under because um the Denver Nuggets did not do their job. They couldn't cover the 14 and a half. And then it was a horrific bad beat in the college last night if you were on that. Yeah, we'll get to that in just a little bit. Plenty of college content coming up today. We'll, of course, talk about the NBA. Major League Baseball got a little bit of sharp movement as well. And, of course, the Derby. And Frankie's already all over that. He's already all uh, all over the Kentucky Oaks as well. Uh, Frankie, before I bring you in, man, salute to you on the first ever SI Gambling Pod. Uh, you gave out some winners. Some Vegas whispers were all over and ready to go, especially on that Clippers play. Yeah, the Clippers were that was you know that was the clear side. I mean it, that that was unbelievable because it's it was just a, a typical Vegas uh, information. If you know where the money is going, that most people don't can't really get that access. Knowing that and knowing that it was steaming in the opposite direction, and like you highlighted, I mean Kawhi came to play and they totally shut down Denver's offense. I mean winning that game by twenty plus points was an amazing accomplishment. And in the Major League Baseball, our uh, one early game and, and the only game that they played all day, the New York. Mets came through as uh, they hit that, you know, the home run and extras for a walk off and beating the Yankees. So that was a solid start. That was pretty remarkable as well. The Angels came through as well. Yes, that's true. Yep, Angels was a good play. Andrew Heaney actually was uh, once again halfway decent. And listen, I know that none of us want to typically fade the Padres because of how well they've been going, but sometimes you just got to follow that information and hope that everything leads up to where it's supposed to be. All right, I want to start today's show off with the Derby because, Frankie, this is your bread and butter. This is something that we've been anticipating over the last several months. It's finally going to be happening this upcoming Saturday. And remember, if you're looking for all of the good stuff over on the Kentucky Derby, better make sure you get that SI Fantasy Pro membership that covers all of our betting content, especially from Frankie, from Corey, and from myself, uh, along with uh, Roy Larkin as well from his NHL Best Bets, all the gambling content you need, as well as daily fantasy. That's all part of your SI Fantasy Pro subscription. So currently over at SI Fantasy Pro, Frankie, you have your full-on betting breakdown and best bets for the Kentucky Derby. I know we briefly mentioned uh, some news that took place yesterday with King Guillermo uh, eventually being scratched with a fever. But as far as leading up to to, to, uh, Saturday's Derby, tell me what you're hearing. Tell me what the latest information is going on right now. Yeah, well, unfortunately, we're down to a field of 16, guys, as we uh, have another scratch as the one horse, uh, Finnick to Fierce, who drew the dreaded rail uh, and was going on the morning line odds of 50 to 1. He was scratched earlier today as well. So we're now down to a field of 16. But obviously, guys, this race, it's tis the laws to lose. And I honestly, there's a lot of people that have been going out there. Obviously, we know the history, you know, that no horse has ever won from post 17, but I'm just not buying it. I mean, I think that if there's a horse that can overcome and make history and actually win from that post, it's going to be Tis the Law. 
I know that he's going to be uh, a prohibitive favorite, and that's why I'm not playing to, to win. There's no win wager here, and what we're going to look to do is we're going to key him on top, and we're going to wheel him. And what we're going to do is we're going to try to create some value by getting some long shots in there. And my number, my two best plays to play underneath him are one long shot, which is the number 15 New York traffic at morning line odds of 20 to 1. He benefits immensely from King Guillermo being scratched because now this is a horse at solid odds who, after hitting the board in four consecutive derby preps, his running style, he may be able to get take over that role that King Guillermo was possibly going to see. I'm going to be fading, though, the second overall choice, number 18, Authentic. I am throwing him completely off all of my tickets. I think that not only is that outside post going to be detrimental to him, he's going to have to gun to get to the front. And if he has the gun to get to the front, I think he's going to be used up. The Derby is a longer race than a lot of these horses are used to. And Authentic has never run at this at this uh, expected distance. So right now, I'm going to be throwing him off. The other horse that I will be using, though, I will be using defensively now, who I wasn't going to use at first because I did lose King Guillermo, is the number 16. I'm going to be using uh, Honor AP now. Um, and I, I really do believe that he has a chance. A couple of long shots in there that I want to get in underneath there, the number 10,000 words at odds of 15 to 1. My top closer in the race, max player at odds of 30 to 1. And guys, out of all the 50 to 1s out there, Pay attention. There's one guy that you're definitely going to want to get on all your tickets, and that's the number 13 attachment rate coming in at odds of 50 to 1. Right now, this horse for Dale Romans appears to be very, very live, and I believe he's going to outrun his odds and hit the possibly hit the board. Maybe not in the superfecta spot, or in the trifecta spot, but definitely use him in those supers. You're going to want to use him in all exotics. But right now, for me, guys, tis the law is the play. I can't fade him. I think this horse is going to put on a monster performance, and and it's, you know, right now, let's just try to wheel them and get those prices underneath, boys. And really so quickly, let me let me follow up on that, Frankie, really quick, because, Corey, I want to get your perspective on this, too. For those of us that haven't done a lot of horse racing, and, and sometimes we just say, all right, I want to go ahead and take Tiz the Law to win, or maybe I think NY Traffic is going to be that horse that gets in at 20 to 1 and, and impresses the rest of the field, because we read your report over at SI Fantasy Pro, and we say, all right, well, if he's 20 to 1, you know, he's got a chance to finish close. You know, take us through, like, just for novice horse racing betters, like how you go about approaching this, because when they're trying to make those bets for the first time, you know, a lot of exactas and trifectas, they may not necessarily know what to do. So walk us through that process a little bit. Yeah, when you're walking up to the betting window right now, what you're going to want to tell all of the uh, the tellers is you're going to want to say, I want to play Tis the Law in a, an exacta part wheel which means that once you're doing that, you're putting him, you're wheeling him on top. So that means Tis the Law has to win the race, which I believe he's going to do. And then the horses that you're going to want to play in the exacta underneath him, I would be playing number 15, New York Traffic, as well as number 16, Honor AP. For when you're going to want to be playing in the trifecta, you're going to want to say, I want to play uh, an ex- a trifecta part wheel with the 17 on top, with the 15 and 16 in second, with 10, 2, 13, and 7. That would be my top trifecta. But you want to go up there saying with, with. So you're wheeling this horse. If you want to really go for the gusto and you have some extra bucks, then I say, hell, go for it and try to go for 17, 15, 16 or 17, 15, 13 or 17, 16, 13, something like that and play the triple 10 or $20 straight because I believe that tis the law is not going to lose this race. So you can create odds and get whatever that trifecta pays 10 or 20 times. Go ahead, Corey. I know you were about to say something earlier. Yeah, so here's the deal. Like, so like I we went out last year, I was out at the FanDuel Sportsbook of the day of the Kentucky Derby. And you know they had all the controversy last year with, you know, a horse getting disqualified and stuff like that. 
And listen, I'm not, I, you know, I think, you know, and, and I did Frank did a good job bringing it down right there. But see, like for, for like the extreme novice like myself, listen, I can't predict what the human's going to do. You know, how the hell am I predict what the animals <laughs> are going to do? You know what I'm saying? So I'm looking at this and I'm like, I like what you're saying with tis the law. But what about just like throwing a little something on everybody and hoping that a long shot wins? Uh, listen, that you know, that's that's considering backwheeling, and that's a lot. A lot of people might actually be looking to do that. They might play all and uh, hit the all button and play seventeen, meaning like tis the law gets beat at the wire and trying to wheel them. But the problem with that is, is that with sixteen horses in the race, it would cost you um, fifteen dollars for every dollar that you want to wager on that, and it could get a little bit cost prohibitive. You're going to need a bomb to come in there. You would need New York traffic. You would need Max Player as a deep closure and a pace meltdown or attachment rate to possibly steal this race and beat tis the law for that to really become something that's going to make money. For me, I think that if you're going to go in that direction, Corey, then what I would do is I would play a win bet on uh, New York traffic or I would play a win bet on uh, maybe or attachment rate or max player and try to maybe get 50, 30 or 20 to one if you're looking to go in that direction. It's just hard for me, you know, as a guy who breaks down these races, tis the law is such a clear favorite. It's almost like you're putting LeBron James and the Lakers playing against uh, maybe like Dartmouth in college basketball. I mean, that's really what it breaks down to on paper. I mean, obviously we know these are animals. You don't know how they're going to respond. You're hundred percent right. And with a field this big, horses can get blocked. So it is difficult, but on paper right now, tis the law is head and shoulders above this field. That's why we're most likely going to see boys. We're going to see tis the law go off as the biggest favorite in the history of the Kentucky Derby, because he's that much better than all these other horses. And again, if you're looking for an opportunity to get on the favorite uh, by using some of these other horses underneath when you're placing your bets, it's really good advice from Frankie getting ready for the Kentucky Derby. I believe post time is just after seven o'clock Eastern time on Saturday. Pretty remarkable that here we are talking about the Derby in the beginning part of September, but that's the way that the calendar has ended up moving forward. And by the way, uh, Frankie, you were talking about uh, going to the the table and ordering with with. Last time I did that, it was probably 3 a.m. in the middle of Philadelphia, me ordering a cheesesteak because that's how you're supposed to order it, right? It's with with. Yes, that's true. If you want onions and cheese and and cheese, you say with with. If you don't, yeah. you go to the back of the line. That's yeah. over. Pats and Genos. Pats, see, Pats and Genos are pretty good. I went to, to Southside Gyms or or Gyms on the South Side, Gyms. something along those lines. I don't know. It was 3 a.m. It was several Gyms years ago. And, too. Yeah, yep. right. <laughs> and plenty, plenty of adult beverages along the way. Let's talk a little bit of hoops, guys. You got the Bucks coming in at minus five against Miami tonight. Total coming in at 223 and a half. We've seen a little bit of money coming in on Milwaukee, which is a bit surprising considering how really frustrating it's been for, uh, for uh, Bucks betters these first couple games in the series. Also, a lot of big money coming in on the under tonight at under 223 and a half. Corey, let me go to you first to get your perspective on this game. And then I also want to ask you about if you were betting this series, you know, Milwaukee came in as the prohibitive favorite to move on in the Eastern Conference. And right now they're the underdogs, according to DraftKings Sportsbook, to even make it out of the series. Right now you have Miami at minus 167 to win the series. They just need two more games. But for the Bucks, maybe we're looking at some value there. If the sharp money is on Milwaukee to win game three, maybe you can also make a series market bet and take Milwaukee at plus 135 to go ahead and beat out the Heat. How do you see this all playing out? See, even down two nothing, I would want a little bit better than than, than um than plus 135 for the Milwaukee Bucks. Listen, they have not been the same basketball team. I've just come to grip with that. 
that. And, you know, I'll go ahead and admit that now. Now, I do see what's going on today. We see a little bit of that reverse theme that Frankie talked about yesterday where that money is coming in on the heat, but that line is ticked down from that opening number of five and a half down to five. So that's a good sign that, you know, Vegas does think or the Sharps do think that the Bucks can pull this one off. And listen, covering that number is going to be interesting. They're not playing defense the way they once played defense. They're going to need Giannis to really have the game of his career to come out here and deal with this real strong Miami Heat team. So listen, this is a tough one for me. I kind of would rather just leave this one alone. If I do anything, I'm going to lay that five with the Milwaukee Bucks and try to get some value out of it, of, it, of, of it that way. But this is not one of my favorite NBA bets. And the thing about it is it's just it just keeps coming down to their lack of intensity on the defense and then they don't hit the threes like they're supposed to. Yeah, they're not moving the ball well, particularly well. They're not getting back on defense. And listen, Miami, they like to slow things down too, right? That's typically been their style. These are two of the best defensive teams in the league. And based on the way that Milwaukee ends up playing as far as pace goes, they were one of the top pace teams in the NBA. They were a great team to target if you were playing a lot of daily fantasy. Uh, it just seems like right now Miami is playing that track meet style of basketball. They're making a lot of shots. And one other thing too, remember, Milwaukee lost this game on a bad call, Jimmy Butler got to go to the free throw line, make two free throws to end up winning that game with no time left on the clock. Milwaukee did make it competitive in game two, but I think the public is taking a look and saying, oh, Miami's up two nothing. Maybe the Bucks are done. So I'm with you, Corey. I, I think I might be following the sharp money. I don't know if I'm going to necessarily play it. Maybe I'll consider betting it live, uh, but I do like the Bucks at minus five. Frankie, anything you're hearing about this game from the Vegas side? No, I mean, unfortunately, guys, it, I, I'm not hearing too much stuff, but we got to re remember today is Friday. And when, out here in Vegas, we call it Freaky Friday. And when LeBron James is is playing, they call him the king. And you want to know what he's called out here in Vegas? He's called the king. King LeBron, they call him uh, the king of taking your money. And he really has lived up to that to that manja right now. Because if you look at him right now, the Lakers, they're 3-7 and seven in their last 10 against the spread. LeBron James wins games. The Lakers are advancing. But they're not covering the line, boys. So my early lean would probably be to be looking at the dog in this spot and be looking at the Houston Rockets and grabbing all of that plus six. But, right. you know, it is early. And what's so interesting about what Frankie says is I think if you can look through the course of LeBron James's history, he's probably one of the worst players against the spread in, in the history of sports. He's terrible. Yeah, he's yeah. horrific against the spread. Now, listen, that's not really his game. and not what he's supposed to do. But what ends up happening is, see, this is the problem. He's on television a lot. And we want to sit down and watch the game and root on the king. So he draws, he attracts a lot of public money. It always pushes those lines higher than they need to be. And that's probably a reason what's going on with LeBron James right now. He's it's very difficult for me to back the Lakers at any time against the spread. I hear you, Corey. And the other thing that I'm intrigued by when it comes to this late game between the Rockets and the Lakers is I was doing, I was actually filling in for you earlier this week on best bets. And one of the things that I noticed, because I was breaking down Rockets and Thunder for game seven, that the three games that Houston won before heading into game seven, uh, they clearly covered the spread. They blew out OKC. But in those close games, the Rockets failed to cover the spread in every single one of those games, even in the game that they won in game seven. Oklahoma City still covered uh, the plus five and a half. So you're talking about two teams that when games are close, they're not particularly good when it comes to covering the spread. So I think if you're looking at a lot of the sharp money coming in on the under for today, and Frankie, of course, brought up the Rockets as a possibility as well, I'm probably leaning towards the total, knowing that Houston is just coming off of a Game 7 series. They might be a little bit sluggish. We saw that with Denver uh, in that bad loss to the Clippers last night. I feel like the under is probably the play that I like the most here, Corey. Yeah, no doubt. I'm hopping on that under. I've already put that one in, and I caught that this morning at 226. That line has kind of bounced around some. We saw it hit 225. 
then it jumped back to 225 and a half. Then it, then it came back in and hit 226 again. I'm going to take a peek in a minute and see what it's sitting at right now. But this is what I'll tell you. The Houston Rockets are the biggest under team in the NBA. This year, 29 and 42, 29, 42 and 1 to the under. 42 unders for the Rockets. The Rockets' total is normally inflated. Because people think uh, the Rockets, the James Harden, they play a lot. They 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 hit a lot of threes and stuff right. like that. Well, the truth of the matter is they miss a lot of threes too. So their <laughs> offense doesn't really run that smoothly at times. And they've gotten better defensively throughout the course of the year as well. So that under is the one that really sticks out today, Frankie. No, without a doubt, I think you guys are onto something there. I, I if I had you know from what I, I just texted a few guys right now, and they said that they are seeing action on the under. So you guys are right on target for that right now. But you know, unfortunately, it's just a little bit too early for me to give like anything. I don't have any real strong uh, sides like I did last night, um, where we were able to uh, pick off that Clippers. But you know, possibly maybe we'll be able to drop that in the SI Pro if something does come down the the pipe later today, but ahead of tip because we know that. That, that does start at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm glad you brought that up, Frankie. Remember, if you go to SI Fantasy Pro and get your membership, you will get alerts the moment that Frankie go ahead goes ahead and posts some of those picks. Remember, they could come in maybe even 10, 15 minutes before game start because that's when the information is coming in. So if you want those alerts, if you want the sharp plays from Frankie, make sure you get that SI Fantasy Pro membership today. It's less than 20 bucks a month. So go ahead and get that started. It includes Daily Fantasy, includes our optimizer so that you can get your lineup set for week one of the NFL season. Man, we're, we're less than a week away from football, boys. It's really, really exciting times over for all of us at SI. As far as college football goes, we got some intriguing games on the slate coming up on Saturday. I know that this is your guys' wheelhouse, so I will tee it up, and then I will step out of the way. A couple matchups that I know we have uh, some intriguing movement on. You have Middle Tennessee plus four against Army. Uh, SMU, big favorites, 22.5 against Texas State. We've seen the total move up from 69 after it opened up at 66.5. Arkansas State big underdogs plus 19 and a half against Memphis saw some news today with uh, Antonio Gibson uh, the former Memphis star uh, now having an opportunity to be the starting running back for Washington in the NFL um, you've seen some movement in that game as well and then Stephen F. Austin or not Stephen F. Austin yeah is it Stephen F. Austin yeah, yeah Stephen, Stephen F. Austin, Austin. Mm-hmm. Stephen F. Austin plus seven and a half uh, against UTEP uh, and that game actually started up with Stephen F. Austin opening up at plus nine. So the underdog moving up about a point and a half. Uh, between those four games, guys, do you have a lean either way? I know you're big on college football. Uh, where are you leaning this week? Frankie, I'll start with you. Uh, right now, I do have two confirmed plays right now, and one would be SMU laying 22. And in the in one other game, it would be Middle Tennessee State plus the four. Um, they played it at four and four and a half. And since then, around town here in some shops in Vegas, we're now seeing – only three and the hook so that's down to three and a half but they played it at four four and a half and they laid the 22 on smu so they do have two plays for saturday on the college football board what i think is interesting here is the middle tennessee and frankie i'm with you on this one right here because this is the one that we've seen the reverse steam kind of hit and and and, um because we've seen some money coming in on arby but yet yet that middle tennessee number is coming down Middle Tennessee has a dual-threat quarterback, Asher O'Hare. He's going to give the Black Knights problem. So I think Middle Tennessee is a strong play at that four. Like you said, I've seen that three and a half around. I'm still looking at a floor right now on DraftKings. So I'm probably trying to hit that tonight before he gets to that three and a half. Um, I like that young dual-threat quarterback they have. So the only thing is Middle Tennessee, this was not, if I'm not mistaken, this was not supposed to be their opening matchup. 
So they only had because of COVID, you know, had to change the schedule. So I think they may have only had a few weeks to prepare for Army. And obviously, when you're preparing for a triple option team, that could be a problem. But I do think Middle Tennessee is worth us that four. And I definitely like a sprinkle on the money line on that one. The SMU one, Frank, mm, that's a lot of wood to lay. But SMU is a good team. And Texas State is really like, ugh. But what I do see on that one is that number opened up at 66 and a half, Frank. That total is pushed up to 69. Yeah, well, that's because it's more or less a correlated uh, effect, Corey, because like you said, I mean, a lot of people are expecting SMU to uh, really roll this team up. And as as we pointed out, the Sharps are are already backing that side. So with that side going up right now, there's been a lot of public money. When I spoke to a couple of the the sportsbooks guys, they're seeing a lot of public money go on that total. Because as you know, a lot of times in college football games, when you get spreads that are above three touchdowns or right around that three touchdown mark, the total usually gets played up. Uh, so they're expecting a lot of points, you know, maybe possibly like a game last night where you saw, you know, 45, 35, something like that. You know, you're going to have a lot of points scored in this game. Uh, so that's why you're seeing the total go up. But for me right now, hearing the word that we had, the best thing I could do is advise all betters out there. If you can get anything less than 24, I would not touch 24. I believe that there's a chance that SMU could go to that prime number of 24. Anything less than 24, 23, 23 and a half, 22 and a half, jump on it. Anything 24 or higher, it's a pass. 23 and a half, Frankie. What do you think? I say it's a play, Corey. 23 at Texas State at 23 and a half is a play? Yes. So you want so you would take the plus 23 and a half with Texas State. No, excuse me. I would be laying Texas uh Oh, you would you would lay SMU at 23 and a half. Okay, that's interesting. That's what they got on FanDuel right now. Yeah, All right. I, and by the I, way, I for those that are in that area where you can either play on FanDuel or DraftKings, DraftKings does have considerably better odds when it comes to SMU, as you can get SMU currently on DraftKings at minus 22 and a half. So Frankie, if you're willing to play them all the way up to 24, I think this is absolutely sounds like a really good play to get SMU at 22 and a half. Yeah, without a doubt, guys. I definitely would jump all over that. Unfortunately, here in Vegas, uh, we don't have access to DraftKings or FanDuel lines, so I have to rely on you guys. But definitely for our listeners who do have those capabilities and they live in those states where they can get down on that, that's definitely something that I would take advantage of because I was able to lay 22 on SMU and I was able to catch plus four on Middle Tennessee State. And those are the numbers I would be, I would prefer to be looking for if uh, any of the guys are out there listening. But for, you know, for any of our betters right now, that's what I would be doing. But SMU for me, if it go, if you see a line that's at 24, it's an immediate pass. I wouldn't back Texas State at that number, but I also wouldn't lay 24. It's too much of a prime number right now. So I would take anything at 23 and a hook and below SMU is the side. All right, let's talk about Major League Baseball, guys. We have some intriguing movement on the slate so far. It is Freaky Friday, and again, Frankie has been bringing his Freaky Friday picks over to SI Fantasy Pro on Friday. So there's three games in particular that I'm curious to get your guys' look at. You have the Brewers and the Indians. We've seen the Brewers move from plus 135 as underdogs, starting to go in a favorable direction for them to plus 130. Uh, Red Sox and the Blue Jays in a... um, AL East matchup. We've seen the Red Sox, who have been just terrible all season. They're moving from plus 124 to plus 120. Uh, And Cardinals and Cubs, really good pitching matchup tonight. Uh, You have the Cardinals at plus 123, moving in the opposite direction to plus 130. They have Jack Flaherty on the mound, uh, who's one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. But the Cubs have Hugh Darvish going, who's been a National League Cy Young candidate, and the Cubs are finally back at home after a long road trip. So, uh, Corey, any of these games in particular sound like a play for you on the baseball side? That second game of that, of, of that you know what, I said Red Sox, and I almost, listen, it's so crazy. 
with the Washington football team to the point where I'm autocorrected Red Sox. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I'm about to start calling them the Boston like, Baseball. I can say this one. I'm fine. I can say this one. I'm about to start calling them the Boston Baseball team. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we don't want to hop in on that first game of the doubleheader. This is game two of the doubleheader where we're seeing that movement at. And, yeah, they have been terrible this year. But this is, I'm just looking at this movement. You know what I'm saying, Ben? Maybe you could speak more up to the pitching matchup with uh, Chris Mazza and Ross Stripling. But now that number's even pushed even further down to plus 118. And I'm like, at plus, I'm, I'm just looking at this like, I think I want to hop on this. Yeah, I, I think that's probably a fair point. You know, Ross Stripling just got moved uh, from the Dodgers. They didn't necessarily need him. They had too much pitching depth, which is what you say when you're a team that's uh, in contention for a World Series and the World Series favorite. So uh, Stripling is on the bump tonight uh, over in that matchup. And, and then as far as Cleveland goes, um, you know, that's another team that's hanging around the AL Central. This one is, um, it feels like the Indians should be heavily favored. Car- Carlos Carrasco, from uh, a DFS perspective, uh, is a really good play. So my likelihood would probably be to lean on Cleveland in this matchup, uh, just because I think Carrasco is finally starting to get stretched out a little bit, uh, starting to become the pitcher that we're more used to seeing. If anything, I think I'd probably look at whatever that bet is for the first five innings and take Cleveland over in that matchup. Uh, any of these other games stand out to you, Frankie? I, I Certainly, we talked about uh, those first two, but maybe Cubs, Cardinals, anything along those lines that uh, you're intrigued by? I'm not really intrigued by too many of them. They are definitely some interesting games, but we do have two Vegas Whispers confirmed Freaky Friday plays for Friday. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Okay. The first game on the board is the Seattle Mariners laying $1.27 at home against the Texas Rangers, game 974 on your rotation, as well as game 980, the San Francisco Giants, also at home, also laying $1.27 at home against the Arizona Diamondbacks. So two plays confirmed right now for Freaky Friday, and that would be the Seattle Mariners laying $1.27, followed up by the San Francisco Giants, also at home, laying $1.27. That's pretty interesting considering that the Mariners and the Giants are are two of the worst teams in baseball. They got two interesting lefties on the bump. Uh, You say Kikuchi for the Seattle Mariners going up against the uh, Texas Rangers and Kyle Cody at home. And then the Giants are also at home as well against Arizona. And that's a Diamondbacks team, Frankie, that I think part of the reason the sharp money might be against them. They have not been good away from Arizona all season. So maybe it's an opportunity for those two home teams uh, in late action tonight to be able to get a big win. Yeah, definitely. And I think they're also looking at the opportunity, not only that, but they're not at home. They're traveling once again to San Francisco and they're one in nine, Ben, straight up in their last 10. So Arizona is definitely struggling. San Francisco is a team to be, you know, they're a team, they're a team that's flying under the radar. They give a lot of teams, you know, some, you know, they, they give them hell out there on the diamond right now. And they, they're really outperforming. And right now the shops, I, I, I assume, seem value. So right now they found two value plays right now and they're all over both those teams and they're taking both the home teams on Freaky Friday. All right, last one for you guys. And we'll get to probably the late game because by the time this podcast launches, uh, we already might see action between the Dallas Stars and the Colorado Avalanche. That game, I think, shocked a few people with its start time, 4 p.m. Eastern today uh, in that game seven. Uh, Roy Larkin, big fan of the Colorado Avalanche. He likes them to win um, and actually is taking them on the puck line, in fact. Uh, but as far as the Canucks and the Golden Knights go, look, Frankie, this was, uh, you know, the, the Golden Knights, we had talked about this even yesterday. Uh, but if you had read any of the content from before, uh, and had the conversations over at Vegas Whispers, you knew that the Golden Knights were probably going to be the most favorited team uh, to move on and win the Stanley Cup and win the, the Western Conference. But, you know, Vancouver's been impressive. And despite being outsh- outshot by maybe about 
80 to 85 uh, shots on goal over the course of six games. Here we are in a game seven. And so I'm wondering not just about considering uh, Vegas for game seven tonight, but also is this the best opportunity to jump back on Vegas, uh, not just to win the game tonight, but also to win the Stanley Cup in a futures bet? It's tough to say. I mean, the odds have become so prohibitive and they've dropped so much. I, I, it's tough for me to take that smaller number right now, especially with the way that the Vegas Golden Knights are playing. Right? I think right now, Coach DeBoer, he's really created a headache. I, he's, he's ha- he has a problem, um, obviously, uh, both amongst the fan base as well as amongst his own team in terms of his own netminder. He seems to, you know, uh, have, you know, taken and completely fallen out of favor uh, with star goaltender, you know, and, and all of a sudden he's playing Robin Leonard in all these games and Flurry is, is, is now the backup. But not only that, on top of it, I think it's actually affected the Vegas Golden Knights on the offensive end. Because as you highlighted, they're peppering the Vancouver Canucks with shots galore. They are out shooting them in every single period. But the problem is they can't finish. And the reason why I think they can't finish is because I think that they're concerned about all the bickering and infighting that we're maybe not knowing about going behind the scenes in that bubble because of the fact that the Vegas Golden Knights have pulled their star goalie and gone in another direction. We know that Flurry's agent has taken to Twitter, putting images out there of his client um, with a giant knife and a giant sword going through his back, meaning that he's been stabbed in the back by by, by his own coach. So there's just a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes right now. And I'll be honest with you. I honestly believe that as much as I have right now, I'm going to be advising all the players that have, that have actually been following us and all the Vegas Whispers people out there that have laid the Vegas Golden Knights. I actually believe that the Vancouver Canucks plus one and a half on the puck line, the reverse puck line tonight, taking plus one and a half is the way to go. You can wow. still, you, you can actually still get your bet to go through, but also cover your bet by whatever you laid, take the Vegas, take Vancouver and maybe for a half a unit of that value and take them plus one and a half. And then maybe if Vegas somehow does win the game, which I hope that they still do. I mean, they're minus 220 to advance tonight, but I would not advise anyone playing them on that, uh, that prohibitive number right now with the way that they're playing. And I also would not advise playing them to win by, uh, on the puck line, laying a puck, uh, a puck and a half. I, I would not go in that direction either because of the issues that we just highlighted with them finishing. So right now, I think you can have an opportunity to hit both bets. You already have Vegas possibly going forward. If you do to win the West at odds of plus 275 here, I would take the tonight. I am actually going to be betting the Vancouver Canucks, plus a puck and a half, and hope that it actually lands in the middle. I hope that Vegas wins by one. I advance to the to the, to the Western Conference Finals against either Colorado or Dallas, and I still hit my bet tonight because Vancouver plus one and a half would win, and I would be able to cash as long as they lose by only one goal. What Man, Corey, do you? I was going to say, do you remember when we thought the NBA was the leader in drama and social media beefs? NHL is coming out strong, man. Can you imagine this? They getting spicy in the bubble up in Canada. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. What about the what about the goal, the, the, the total goals in this game right here? That number is sitting at six, and it is some sharp money on the over. Uh, that's that's tough to say because, like I said, right now, you know, Vegas has got to come out and they know they're going to have to give the, come with their A game right now because they were up three games to one. I don't know if they took it a little bit lax. Uh, like we said, there's these issues right now, you know, with, with Flurry and his agent and images and social media and Twitter and everything else. I don't know. Can Vegas really, you know, last night 
they were out. They were they were shut out. They were they lost four nothing. And one of those goals was because Vegas pulled Lerner, and they actually were going in that fate, you know, to really try to put the pressure on. They pulled the goalie with over five minutes to go in the game. And that's why they got that empty net goal at that time with like four and a half minutes to go. And then Vegas put, you know, the goalie back in and the game finished with four. So there was really only three goals in that game. I'm not so sure. I think that things are going to tighten up tonight. I think Vancouver is playing great um, on the defensive end. They're blocking a lot of shots. Vancouver is uh, Vegas is peppering them. They're getting shots on goal, but they can't seem to finish me. I don't know about, you know, this total. If I had to lean, I would lead under because I think that this game is going to be tight. I think it's going to be close. And I think that with the issues that Vegas has, they're just going to try to look to play everything close to the best. And they're going to try to do everything they can to try to help their goalie, whatever goalie that is, because we still don't even know who's going to be in between the pipes in game seven. Are they going to go back to Flory? My guess is they're probably going to stay with one, stay, stay with Lerner. And I'll be honest, I think Coach DeBoer, if Vegas were to lose this series and lose this game tonight, I think he's gone by the end of next week. Man, what a way to close out the show with Vegas, the, the prohibitive favorite going in, now has a chance to lose to the Vancouver Canucks, and Frankie's playing them on the puck line. Listen, man, I, I feel like with all this infighting, it's kind of like the real world effect. At some point, you put everybody in a house, uh, things are going to start going away from being polite and start getting real, and that's what you're seeing right now, even in the Canadian bubble with some of these teams. So, for my guy, Frankie Fantasy, you can follow him on Twitter at that very handle, Frankie underscore Fantasy. For Corey Parson, at the Fantasy Exec. I am Ben Heisler. Thanks so much for joining us here on the SI Gambling Podcast. Again, make sure you get that SI Fantasy Pro subscription. It is less than 20 bucks a month. It includes all our daily fantasy plays as well as our betting plays, including Frankie's, including, I should say, Frankie's sharp action. So we'll be back again next week. We might have some crazier news to talk about in the NBA. And of course, football season is back. Until next time, everybody, it's Benny Heist. Be good.